right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Glad <laughs> to be back. I am. We had a little vacation and some commitments, and it's nice to be here. It we really took a little is. family vacation, got out of some of the Central Valley heat up the mountains. It was wonderful. Yes, it was great. We loved it, loved every moment, but then we're glad to be back here too. It's been a minute since we put our headsets on (laughs) and got in front of these microphones. So it really is good to be back. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, let's just start with, I I feel like I got to get my head in the game here. Uh, Just a little bit of refreshing here. Uh, What Marriage Matters is all about is our attempt to curb some of the cultural drift Mm -hmm. far away from God's design for marriage. I mean, I don't don't know that I've ever seen marriage under assault like it is in our day right now today. And just to have the intentionality to put your marriage in the same place that the Lord puts it in. It's high up there. Oh yeah, big time. In in our priorities, it should be very high, really right below our walk with the Lord. And um, well, that's in in our culture. I've never seen it mean mm, less. It's and than it does right now and to people. What's sad, and we've done this too, is you just go a long time without ever connecting, without ever realizing what this marriage thing is all about, right? And how it can affect and make a huge impact in the world around us, right? For the people that know us, our children, our grandchildren, um, our the body of Christ and our friends, our neighbors, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. God's design for our marriage is so much bigger than just what we, me be it getting happy, you right. know, and uh, me having my stuff fulfilled. It, it reaches generations long after we're in heaven with the Lord. Uh, the impact of how we do our marriage goes far-reaching beyond that, right? Sometimes I want to ask you, but of course you guys are listening and you're not here with us, but I want to ask, how many marriages do you look at and want to emulate? How many marriages do you have in in your scope or sphere of influence that you can say, wow, it's the right perspective. They love each other for one thing. They're committed to each other for another thing. And they put their marriage in the place that God would have yeah, it. Yeah. And, and they want to make an impact in the world. And I think it's becoming rare. It is becoming <laughs> rare. It is. And it's well, not how old you are or how long you've been married. No. It's your perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we we call it a, a theology of marriage mm-hmm. uh, is what we're getting back to God's original design. We uh, we see even, even many believing couples, right? And we, we know that not everybody hearing this or tuning into the bot to the podcast are believers and that's awesome because these principles are just real they right. they work they build a really joyful household right they're practical big time and that's what even though we base this on the word of god sure it's a practical working out right of the scriptures in your marriage and it, it's it's pretty yeah. awesome getting back to the design is what it's all about mm-hmm. man when we're, when we're on our own we go off blueprint there's no telling what you're building, but mm-hmm. you're you're building something right. every day, exactly. one brick on top of another. And when you crumple up the blueprint and throw it in the trash can and decide, right. hey, I can do I can do this. I I got some good ideas about how to be a husband, how yeah. to be a wife. How's that working for you? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> okay, how's that working for you? Not so good. Oh gosh. Yeah, nobody's okay. happy here. Yeah. yeah. So the tool 
Uh, and, and again, kind of what we describe, what, what we do with Marriage Matters is we're putting tools in your tool bag. Mm-hmm. The picture, uh, a young couple, we were 19 when we were married. We come into marriage. And I got a little tool bag strapped on me and I'm about ready to go build this enormous thing. I'm in way over my head. And I want to build something awesome, but I look in my little tool bag and there's just nothing there. Right. And then, then you didn't, if you don't read the blueprint, right? You, no, there's we're, no we're way. We're lost. We're yeah. lost. And we were. Yeah, we you were. Know? So, yeah. Uh, we still are in, in so many areas. We go, <laughs> and we're still getting oh, tooled up. You how know? long is this going to take us to get to the point where it's seamless? Never. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're two, two fallen people that, that yep. need the Lord and He's teaching us through it. And he never quits. I mean, no, there, there's tools still being thrown in our tool yep. bag. Today, this tool that we're talking about today, uh, it's a two-parter, and uh, it's a big one. It's it's what we'd call a power tool. It has a big motor on it, and if you miss it, you miss a lot. If it's you, like your washing yeah, machine. This isn't just that little <laughs> uh, mini screwdriver over in the side of your tool belt. This is a big dude. So yeah. uh, we call this body, soul, and spirit, or the body, soul, spirit, marriage. And uh, I think you'll... Hopefully, as we go, you'll understand what we mean by that. But uh, it's it's a big one. So uh, it's going to be in two parts. This first part is just kind of a bit of groundwork that we're laying. Uh, in the next episode, we'll get into how to apply what we're talking about in this episode in a very practical way to our married lives, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you start with, with this. It's important to understand how God made us, how we're made. The Bible, there's a point, probably one of the clearest revelations in all the Bible comes in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 and 24. Let me read it. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That means to set you apart uniquely. Uh, may he sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Uh, it's a wonderful passage, but <clears throat> what we're after here is is in these couple verses, we see how human beings are composed, how God mm-hmm. made us. There's a trichotomy here of body, soul, and spirit. Now, I think what's really important is to understand that s- spiritually, the mm-hmm. s- spirit of a man is dead when we're born. Mm-hmm. So what that means is this. Let's, let's get some definitions. The body is what we all see. We're all pretty familiar with it, right? But the body is what uh, the part of the human being that interfaces with the physical creation of God around us. It operates in the world, the physical world around us. Um, The soul, the unseen part of us, is what connects us uh, and and separates us actually from the rest of the animal world. Mm -hmm. Um, When God created man, it says he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul the rest of the animal kingdom that god created um that didn't happen right so i i'm always amazed at how animals work by instinct instinct and we don't right there are some things that are instinctive to us like we can breathe and our body does some things but we have choices it's that consciousness that right and particularly self-consciousness your your soul is what makes us self-aware. Mm-hmm. We're aware of fear and all, all those all those emotions reside in the soul. Uh, the way that a lot of people, me included, like to look at the soul of a man is it's composed within the soul of emotions, mm-hmm. your will, 
or your mm-hmm. decision-making mm-hmm. faculty, and reason, mm-hmm. your mind. And those three things, emotions, your will, how you decide to do everything in life, the decisions you make yeah. uh, from small to large ones are made within the soul, right. um, which is re- really self-conscious. It's aware of our needs. It's aware of <clears throat> what we're afraid of, what we desire, mm-hmm. what we long for. Um, but So it kind of connects us to ourself. And then the spirit of a man is what connects us to God mm-hmm. and is made to have fellowship with God and to have intimacy with God. Now, when we're when we come into the world, the Bible declares very clearly that we are born spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans chapter five says in verse twelve, therefore, just as through one man sin entered into our world and death through sin, uh, thus because all have sinned, all have died. Mm-hmm. So we're born spiritually dead. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 talks about the same thing. When Paul, talking about becoming born again through faith in Jesus, he says, and you he made alive who were once dead in trespasses and your sins. He goes on a few verses later say, uh, but God is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive together with Christ. So we're, we're born dead. That part mm-hmm. of the human being that was created to have fellowship with God, to know Him and live in communion with Him is dead. We mm-hmm. can't relate to God. Nothing in us desires Him, wants to follow heart. We are that spiritually mm-hmm. dead. Which, okay, now, now stop and think about what that means. We're alive spiritually dead, but physically alive, soulishly alive, Mm -hmm. that self-conscious part of us that separates us from the animal world is very much alive. And that's how we go through life. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the picture we need, we want everybody to draw in your minds is kind of a hierarchy. If you write on, on a piece of paper, body and under body, put soul and, and then put spirit, but put a line through the spirit because it's dead. It's not operating when we mm -hmm. come into the world. We must be born again mm-hmm. of the Spirit and come alive spiritually through faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So um, here's this soulish creature <laughs> separated from God. Mm-hmm. Not can't The natural man can't even understand the things of God, no. the Bible says. So he's far from us. Our sins have separated us from him. Now we're in this broken world right. trying to make our way through it. Oh, we are... We are so broken. broken. We're at such a disadvantage. Every human being that comes into the world, and here's what it looks like. When you're born, we are completely governed by our body, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've raised three kids. Yeah. yeah. How'd, that, how'd that go? I've, I've known you for a long time. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> governed <laughs> by before, my body cravings. <laughs> way before you were a Christian. I've known you. So we're dominated by these cravings and lusts of our flesh. Mm-hmm. Think of even an infant. You know, we're, we come into the world and that baby, when it's hungry or it's got a poopy diaper and it's uncomfortable, it doesn't wait till 7.30 in the morning and go, you know what, mom and dad had a long night, man. I think I'll wait to cry. Uh, and and then when they wake up, I'll let them know I, I need to be fed. I'm really hungry. My body wants something. They just scream. They, mm-hmm. It's like everybody in this house, wake up and mm-hmm. get me what I mm-hmm. want, man. This is, it starts as infants and it, 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 it continues, it continues into 
80 years old. Yeah. And Our some people, body, it's just... For some, yeah. their body cravings will dominate their, their whole, whole life, life, whether that's sexual, whether the relationship uh-huh. with food. Alcohol. Alcohol. Drugs. Their body will cravings will mm-hmm. dominate everything about them, mm-hmm. which leads ultimately to often great ruin in a life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Very um, destructive. Then as we get older, our personality begins to develop and that soulish component begins to kick in. We become self-aware. We get embarrassed. We don't. So we quit pitching fits mm-hmm. at a point in time and Hopefully. screaming on the floor, Hopefully. right? And and we have enough self awareness and embarrassment that we start to uh, operate we, differently. Well, we pitch our fits different ways. The soulish needs. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we don't scream and cry. <laughs> we do other things. The soulish needs and desires, cravings that we have begin to really kick in. Acceptance from others, mm-hmm. belonging, love, the desire to mm-hmm. be loved, uh, status, the need right. for status or control or whatever. So now we're dominated by our soul. Now within that soul, remember, we're created emotions over will, over reason. So it looks like this. My emotions govern everything. Mm -hmm. Early on, it's my body governing everything. That will tend to give way to emotional needs, anger, lusts, envy, jealousy, those kind of things begin to really dominate everything about us. In other words, the will, the decisions we make as we go through life aren't governed by reason as much as they're governed by emotions. Body cravings and emotions. And emotions. Mm-hmm. In fact, I look at my life and to be honest, every bad decision or ruinous decision I've ever made in life, whether I really thought something through or not, came out of an emotional drive in my life. I grew up emotionally out of control. And yes, it, you did. It was it was a- anger mm-hmm. dominated much of my life and a lack of self-control. Mm-hmm. I wanted control. Uh I wanted my way. Mm-hmm. I think most human beings do. We do. And and when I didn't get it, I would grow angry and pitch fits and I grew up brawling and fighting a lot and and contentious and all of that. So, And when you don't know the Lord and you're spiritually dead, that's all you've got. That's it. Unless you've been disciplined, trained, and educated. But even then, that's going to get away from you. But you can have some self-control. But uh, if you're left to yourself, that's how you are. Right. So picture human beings that God created to operate spiritually governed, Mm -hmm. right? in tune with God, mm-hmm. um, in communion with God, mm-hmm. a spirit that resonates with the Lord and can be led by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our life. We're not that when we come into the world. We are, no. we are, that image is shattered and broken because of sin. So we come in these soulish creatures with body cravings, emotional cravings. needs and desires. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We're governed by fear, insecurity, all of these things. The, the, the decisions we make, our will is governed by that stuff. And then there's reason. Now, the reason is that little voice on the bottom that whispers sometimes, you don't, you don't have to do this. Don't say that. Don't be like that. That, that doesn't do anybody any good, but your emotions are blowing so loud and your emotions say, Hey, shut up down there. Mm -hmm. I'm the sheriff here. I'm the big guy in town. And, and we lose out most of the time to the powerful 
uh, emotions in our life. And the most mm-hmm. powerful ones they are, they're fear, insecurity, a need for control, anger, hatred, bitterness. Those are the things. And this is where... And it, at certain points in your life, especially during puberty up to 50 years old, a lot of people are totally governed by their bodies. With um, Especially in a marriage with the sexual appetites, you bet. which are difficult. In this day and age, the things people watch, the things people um, put themselves to, their bodies to, and yeah. uh, allowing their They give their themselves lives, completely over. Totally. And then it, it's, it's detrimental to your marriage. Oh, it's ruinous, yeah. Yeah. And you don't even want to be that way, yeah. but yet you're your body is just right. out of control, just like your emotions can get out right. of control. So here's the big idea is at some point, human beings have to come to the recognition and you, those listening right now to this podcast, mm-hmm. one of the greatest things that can happen is to acknowledge I'm, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. I'm a soulish creature driven by largely my emotions. Now, God didn't create us to be governed under the tyranny Mm-mm of fear, insecurity, desire for control, the need for control, all that. He just, he designed us to to really operate under reason where right. our mind is connected to God and under the influence of the Holy Spirit so that our re and that's why the scriptures came to us. It's why God gave us the word of God. Right. It, it is written not so much to the human heart to be what evaluated. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I like that passage? The do I not like scriptures. that? No, uh-huh. it's written to our mind. The scripture says, "Be not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind." Right. The Bible is written to our mind to change the way we think, to give us reason, and that reason being rooted in the Word of God. That's what's to govern our life. And if we never take the time to read the scriptures, to really contemplate, to get good teaching, to ask the Lord to show me things, we will remain an infant. Even though we look like an adult, we remain an infant in the way we're able to handle hard things. And especially in a marriage, there's so much conflict and challenges that you face every day, different perspectives. And you still think like a five-year-old. Exactly. And that's why you see yourself or you see your spouse doing something like, well, how old are you? Yeah. And, and I, I said that a couple of times when we first got married. Oh, way more and than a couple. Kenny I'd be was, pitching some fit. He, he, I would look at him and go, <laughs> well, how old are you? I'd be you all know? red-faced, angry, yeah. and, and like, I would slam cabinets. And, oh, I'd be embarrassed myself in so many ways. And I, I, would, I didn't understand that because... I wasn't raised like that. We had some self-control in our family. We were believers. And Kenny was a relatively new believer, a very new believer when we got married. And and honestly, living completely, completely. under the control of my emotional yeah. life. The, and anger was probably yes. that most dominating emotion, insecurity, anger. Yes, and lust. And lust, big time. And so he had no self-control. A little self-control in certain areas, but not in the real emotional ones. And he would just go off. So then you picture a marriage mm-hmm. where there's tension and I, I immediately default. Mm-hmm. I would default to well, he, this fleshy, emotionally governed, and I would say things and do things that would embarrass me and wound you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, learning to have self-control and crying out to God 
Right. right? Once I was saved and right. born again, which is the big point here. Right. We're going to remain like this until we come to the saving knowledge of Christ, become made a new creation, and we become spiritually alive for the first time. Something happens to the the believer too when a person, a human being, trusts in Christ, becomes that new creation, is indwelt by God's Spirit. There's another flip that takes place, a reciprocation in the soul for the first time ever, the the believer, the follower mm-hmm. of Jesus can begin to operate reason over will over emotions. And now emotions are on the bottom. They're not the sheriff in town. Well, we don't want them to be no. the sheriff in town, but when conflict and very heated, we default. It, we default. This it, is the big it, challenge. The way we are, we normally go and we have our whole (laughs) life. So it's really hard to stop these patterns. And with, with our own life, it was hard to stop patterns. We had to pray about things. We we would call it uh, 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 upside down living. Uh mm -hmm. I'd tell Charlene, I'm on tilt, man. I am completely upside down right now. I can feel Mm -hmm. my emotions raging, Mm -hmm. uh, getting selfish, um, getting all wounded and, and, and wanting to default really to a five-year-old emotionally driven life. Right. And I, and I, it was, I'm still in that wonderful process of God transforming you our do lives really good now. where reason is this going to glorify God? Is this going to advance his purpose in right. our marriage? Is this going to edify or build up my wife or tear her down where reason begins to, um, operate and dominate behaviors, our will, what we choose to say and do and uh, how we operate. It's really funny because I watch Kenny when we get, well, I can tell I've known him for so long. I can tell that he's getting heated and he's getting emotional over whatever. And it's usually we're in conflict of some sort with different perspectives. And he sits down, he takes a deep breath and I can tell, I go, oh man, he's fighting it. He is fighting it so bad inside his his soul, you know, <laughs> yeah. of not to lose control, right. not to say things that will right. be hurtful and to try Early to, in our marriage, I couldn't do that. No, he honestly. could not do it. And, and I had my own ways too. I might not have screamed and yelled, but I had my own ways of getting my way. Right. And it was definitely a process. And it, it you fight that until you die. Right. You will fight it until you die. You just learn better how to fight it. Right and on. you won't go there. And then you're not embarrassed afterwards and you actually can get something accomplished right. instead of getting into another fight, going down the same pattern you always do over and over. Does anybody have those cyclic things that sure. you always fight about and you can't get any resolve? That's the reason. Right. Right there is because our emotions are controlling everything. Yep. Yep. And not the spirit now, of God. This is you may be, somebody may be asking. Okay, what does all this have mm-hmm. to do with? I just want my marriage to improve. I just mm-hmm. really want to love my husband and love my wife. This is big mm-hmm. because you understand how we're made. These tendencies. Now, once we become a person, becomes born again, becomes spiritual alive. The, the design of God is to live not body, soul, spirit, but spirit governing mm-hmm. soul governing the body cravings, and then within the soul, right that realm were governed reason over will over our emotions. Right. Now, nobody operates 100% like that all the time. We laugh like I'm on tilt. I'm, I am I feel it going, yeah. okay, I'm, 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 I'm heading upside <laughs> I'm down, man. I can feel it. 
and and you got to stop and pray and mm-hmm. call on the Lord and get a grip, right? But but God's design isn't that we live soulishly governed and bodily governed, but spiritually governed, mm-hmm. right? So this is where we're heading with this. It, it has to do with how I love Charlene, uh, how we resolve conflict, how we I operate towards her um, and she towards me. So understanding these things for me was a big breakthrough because I, I began to realize I cannot live a soulishly governed life, emotionally driven life any longer. I have got to begin to operate differently. And it, it, it bleeds out into every relationship you have. Sure. Not only into your marriage, your children, your coworkers, your neighbors. You're right. If you're a type of person that lives by their emotions or bodily cravings, but it's mostly like you said, emotions. Yeah. As we get older, it's anger. Yep. And selfishness. Uh, it's lack of control. Yeah. The things you do when you start feeling those right. things, is it godly or is it not? Right. Remember, the soul is what makes us mm -hmm. self-conscious. The spirit Mm -hmm. makes us conscious of God's plans, God's Mm -hmm. desires, God's will, God's ways. And it's dead when we come Mm -hmm. into the world, Mm -hmm. but our soul is what makes us self-conscious and it makes us aware of what the desire for safety, security, status, whatever it is. Not getting your propers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Again, it has a lot to do with marriage. In the, in the follow-up episode, this next one, we're really going to get into the practical application mm-hmm. of these things when it comes to how to build an intimate marriage. Because here, let me give just a little teaser here. Uh, we learned quick, married at 19, how to be intimate physically with bo- with our, in our bodies, right? Most kids start going there at 13 or 14 years old. Stuff starts getting in motion. We figure that part out pretty mm-hmm. quick. We figured out how to be tight from an emotional, soulish standpoint. Mm-hmm. We shared life together. We laughed a lot. We shared experiences. We mm-hmm. communicated well. But, but most couples, even in a good marriage, mm-hmm. they stop there. Mm-hmm. But there's, that means because we were created spirit, soul, and body, there's a spiritual life that mm-hmm. even tragically most believers never explore. They and the way you become physically intimate is by through the act of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. The way you become emotionally connected is through the sharing of emotional life together, mm-hmm. telling stories, keeping each other's secrets, mm-hmm. right? Understanding each other. Therefore, the only way you're going to become spiritually intimate is by spiritual disciplines and spiritual activities in your life. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. This is a fun ep- this next one is a fun episode. It really is. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's go live spirit, soul, mm-hmm. body, and mm-hmm. uh, no longer governed under the tyranny of emotions, but uh, allowing. Let me just read. I thought it appropriate. Okay. Let me just read this passage in closing today. Uh, this is Paul in Galatians 5, verse 16. I say then, guys, walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. That means walk governed, dominated mm-hmm. by God's spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I those love that desires. Verse. Isn't that great? I love that verse. And then it says it tells us for the lust of the flesh for the, the flesh wars against the spirit. There's a battle mm-hmm. that goes on in us, right? And the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another. It goes on to say, 
if you're led by, well, it, it actually defines the works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh, they're clear, they're evident, it says, which are, here we go. The first one, adultery. The works of the flesh, the first thing Paul mentions there wow. is that act which most violates mm-hmm. a marriage wow. covenant. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. When we operate in the flesh, there's a natural assault. Mm-hmm. On marriages, on on your marriage. So if you're a married person, I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to this podcast, then learning to be a spirit-controlled person, not governed by emotions or body cravings, is critical to the health of your marriage. Absolutely. It's massive. He goes on, uh, uh, he talks about um, fornication, uncleanness, uh, lewdness, idolatry. He goes on and gets into hatred, contentions, jealousies, strifes, outbursts of wrath. That's uh, some I mean, people's whole marriage. That's, that was my whole life coming right. in right. that had to be dealt with. So this is really relevant stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to be sharing this with you. We can't wait to drop this next episode and continue this dialogue. Uh, thanks so much for tuning into Marriage mm-hmm. Matters. Again, you can find us on our website, at kenandshar.com. Drop us a line there at shar at kenandshar.com, or you can write to me at ken at kenandshar.com. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Great being with you today. You mm-hmm. doing good, man? I am. Awesome. I love it. I do too. Okay. Thanks for okay. tuning in. God bless you. We'll see you next uh-huh. episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.